Hey, hi, how are you? My name's Jack. I am your host today for the Endgame Heroes podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and friend, Kyle. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Doing pretty well. We just had a little bit of time spent troubleshooting trying to get our equipment to work. One of the biggest gripes I have about uh, PCs in general is that you spend more time trying to fix things to make them work than you actually get to do doing fun things. Yep, and this is, uh, for, for us, this is new still. This is only episode two, and we're starting you know from the ground up. So we are learning every step of the way. Yeah, and uh, not to speak for Kyle, but I'm dumber than a bag of hammers, so it is a slow process for some of us. But we are here with our second episode of the Endgame Heroes podcast. Uh, to anyone who is returning, welcome back. Glad to have you here. To anyone who is new, congratulations. You just stumbled on a gold mine of two idiots just constantly talking, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we get a chuckle out of you. So, yeah. What have we been up to since last week, Kyle? What have you been watching? What have you been playing? What are your thoughts on those things? Yeah, uh, I haven't done a whole lot in the last week, you know, with the podcast starting. You know, I was uh, taking care of some editing and stuff like that for the show and getting all of our ducks in a row so people could actually listen to this. And thank you for everyone who has listened. Um, we actually had a lot more listeners for the first week than I, I expected. So thank you everyone who I did listen and who's listening right now. But um, I actually uh, did a, I was able to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania last night. Uh, I'm going, traitor. Yeah, I'm not going to be going <laughs> over my thoughts today. Just to, to be fair to Jack, I would rather us have a blanket discussion after he sees the movie later tonight. So we'll hold that off until next week. But other... I feel like you could. I feel like if you want to just very briefly give a general non-spoiler, just any sort of like thoughts that stand off off the top of your head. Well, um, as as the reviewers all said, um, you know, Jonathan Majors was by far the standout. He absolutely killed it. He is right up there with Josh Brolin as Thanos. I might even like him more already. And then that, which is crazy to say, every scene he's in, he steals the show. His presence is awesome. I can't wait to see more of him moving forward. Um, Paul Rudd, as always, was hilarious. I, I felt like the movie could have been longer. I think that's what really held it back. We talked last week about how, you know, Luis and them were not in this movie. They were definitely missed. And I think with an extra 10, 15 minutes, they could have had them in the beginning of that movie before all the Quantum Realm stuff, you know, started the plot of the movie. And I think it would have just felt like an Ant-Man movie where this one didn't really feel like an Ant-Man movie at its core. It was still, I, I still enjoyed it. Um, I, I would give like a seven out of 10 uh, off my first viewing. So it's still good. I, I I definitely liked it more than the reviewers did. I love Paul Rudd. I love, you know, Jonathan Majors already. So I, I did enjoy it. It's definitely not like an S tier movie by any means, but it's definitely worth the watch. Definitely important to the MCU moving forward. Okay, well, that's good to know, because like as of right now, the time of this recording on a Friday afternoon, it looks like Quantumania is sitting at a 47% critic rating, 84% audience score. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that is only going to be for people that have been able to either watch the movie early in pre-screenings and get reviews up, or for the people that have, you know, seen it just within the first 24 hours that the movie is out there. So you'd say that you land somewhere in the middle between those two scores. Yeah, I think, you know, the way Rotten Tomatoes works, too, is kind of weird. It's not based off of, like, the average score. It's based off of if they liked it or not. So, um, 
most critics, you know, seem to not like this movie very much, which I understand. Um, but as a lifelong comic book movie fan, you know, as a MCU fan, I, I still really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, how, and you said that you thought that it would have benefited from being longer about how long was the movie, you know, uh, I think I clocks in at like two hours and three minutes. So it's uh, actually pretty short for MCU uh, Wakanda forever, which I did watch last week actually, uh, was two hours, 45 minutes. So, wow, that was, that was a longer one. I, yeah. I didn't think that whenever I was in theaters watching that. Interesting. Um, okay, so it's it's just like right at the two hour mark. Um, yep. Are there multiple end credit scenes? Yep. Like how far yeah. do we need to stick through? Whole time. You got your typical mid credit scene, which is your main one, and then there are the tease at the end. But uh, both definitely worth staying for. It's now like the old uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, so you're still here. You know, okay. got nothing like I mean, that. that. That was arguably one of the better ones. Yes, <laughs> just yes. for the throwback to. Um, old school movies like that, but yeah. Okay. So both definitely need to stay through all the way to the very end of the credits. Good to know. Yeah. Um, I feel like that should just be a given by now, but yep. still every time my wife and I go see one of these movies, we see people just get up immediately yeah. and we're just like, what are you doing? Like, this is like the 33rd movie yeah. that you have seen of these. You should know by now, like yeah. maybe they're just going home and watching it on YouTube, but it, it just boggles my mind that people will still, like, leave before, like, the entire experience is over. Do you, do you remember the first movie you saw with the uh, after credit scene? I, I actually remember mine very well. In theaters? Oh, man, that is that is a good question. Um, It was definitely pre-MCU. I know that for sure. But I'm trying to think of what it would have been. So while you think, I'll go ahead and give mine. So uh, mine was X-Men 3, the uh, the last stand. I remember going to the theater to go see it, and uh, the person at the AMC I was at was like, hey, make sure you stay after the credits. There's an extra scene. I was like, oh, that's real weird. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, it was uh, Professor Xavier in a hospital bed waking up in a different body. It was very weird. Wow, spoilers. Yeah, for a 20-year-old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the post credit scenes have come a long way. Uh, I know like Black Panther, Wakanda Forever only had one, you know, and really it was a continuation of the main ending anyway. So I don't think they probably should have even did that. The, the... Oh, man, I'm trying to think. I feel like... Oh, man, what would have been... First one that I saw. Well, put a pin in until later, and that way we can, it's, you know. It's not one that, yeah, I can answer for now. I'll think on it, and we'll move on, because okay. I want to keep things going, because we, we want to try to avoid having a two-hour podcast. If yeah, we can help I, ideally moving forward, we're going to shoot for hour episodes, uh, just for the for the listeners here to kind of keep yeah. them consistent and uh, not too long. We might have the occasional one-offs where we're going to do a deep dive where, you know, it's planned to, to be a long episode, but on the regular, an hour is probably what we'll shoot for. Um, okay, so you saw Ant-Man. You also dropped that you finally saw Wakanda Forever. Anything else that you did or played that you want to get into? Um, Last of Us Episode 5 uh, was mm. excellent. Uh, I, I loved it. My wife said it was her favorite episode so far. Uh, mine's still Episode 3, but this is close second. It was yeah, it was a really solid episode. I really enjoyed it as well. And it's 
I love the little uh, commentaries that they do afterwards that are kind of like the making of the episode or like variations between the original game and what they changed for the adaptation and just kind of getting an idea for the thought process. I really enjoyed that and like getting more background on those characters and flushing them out, I thought was really cool. Yeah. For this episode in particular was really good as well for that. Sam and Henry were awesome. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I was hoping that, you know, uh, Kathleen would uh, win me over by the end. I, I think she was a pretty terrible character. I think that she's been the only weak part of the show so far. I think this yeah. episode could have easily been a 10 without her in it or with a better actress. No offense to her. I'm sure she's a fine actress. I just, her performance didn't sell me in this in this last two episodes. Yeah, I feel like there's just only so much that that character is really supposed to do. She's really just that foil character to be like, this is a terrible person and this is like how awful humanity can fall to. So this is what you want to try to avoid becoming. Yep, absolutely. And that That's kind of how it felt for me. Yeah, she was very much like a Walking Dead type villain, but didn't have the yep. Walking Dead backstory treatment. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's yeah, a slightly two dimensional, not quite one dimensional, but not three dimensional either. But it's it's like you know, she's just an antagonist that you know essentially was created from nothing from the game. So it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is more than just faceless. We got to kill him. So yep, exactly. What about you? What have you been up to this week? Boy, um, I haven't been playing too much, but I have been watching a lot. Uh, so last weekend, my wife and I saw Knock at the Cabin, which is M. Night Shyamalan's most recent movie. With so um, Batista, right? Yeah. Um, the movie itself was honestly pretty forgettable, um, but Dave Batista's acting, I thought, was pretty good. Um, I feel like most people just think of him as either Drax or just like the pro wrestler. Uh, but he, he actually, I would be interested to see him do more like heavier acting rather than just like some of the stuff that we've seen. I think he's got the, the potential chops for it. Um, Rupert Grint also was in that movie, which was just very weird. He was playing a very different type of character. That was something, but Overall, the movie was pretty forgettable, pretty um, easy to predict most things. They really spelled things out. But, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not, like, upset that I saw it. So if you're into, like, those M. Night Shyamalan thrillers and things like that, I'd say it's worth your time. Um, I don't know if it really has, like, a a big twist to it that you would expect from the movie. It, It feels pretty almost like by the books in that okay. regard. Yeah. Um, I saw the reviews, you know, come out, you know, when they did, and that seemed to be the general consensus is it was a very paint by numbers M night Shyamalan movie, which is a bit of a letdown overall. Yeah. Um, what else have I watched? I also saw two animated movies. I watched, uh, the second stored art online movie, uh, the progressive Scurzo of endless night, something like that. Uh, just kind of mid in the series of sword art. I think the first progressive movie was better. This one definitely felt a lot slower. So I'm hoping that maybe the next one will have a little bit more like higher paced action. And then I also saw, uh, this one's a little bit more of a niche pick, but, uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is a Battlefield, uh, The First Kiss That Never Ends. That's a actually just... Yeah, it is. Uh, so it is a movie that takes place after the second season of the anime, and that w- it, the anime is also just Kaguya-sama Love is a Battlefield. 
Um, it is a slice of life, uh, school, uh, romantic comedy type of series. Um, two characters that very much are believers in the mentality of if you confess your love, you've lost the high ground in the relationship. So it's these two characters at this very prestigious school in Japan that are like plotting and scheming and conniving to try to get the other person to confess first so they can assert dominance. Hmm. And it is uh, just absolutely hilarious. It's one of the funniest anime I've ever watched. This movie takes place after the events of the second season leading directly into season three that should be starting this spring. Um, and it was it was a knee slapper just the whole way through constant laughter um there were was only one theater in like a 40 mile radius that was playing this movie over the course of just like three or four days and it was packed just every single seat was filled for each of these showtimes so while niche it attracted like the the fans for it and it was a very good time very good theater experience uh, we had a great crowd in there. Everyone was digging it, and it was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, I would recommend, obviously, you need to watch the show first, but I would definitely give it a shot and see what you think, because they've got some really cool characters and some really funny, just outlandish anime type of uh, stories that go through. Um. That's it on the movie side. Obviously, after the podcast tonight, I will be going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about that next week. Uh, you know, with well, pro what I would assume we'll probably do is like wait till the end of next week's episode, have a, a spoiler-filled review. That way, for people who have, uh, you know, it's a week to see the movie. That way, if people want to stick around to the end of the episode, they can hear our actual spoiler-filled thoughts because. I can already tell there's going to be a few points of discussion for me and you to talk about. Yeah, I think that sounds good. We could probably open it up with uh, spoiler-free thoughts, and then we'll just go directly into... We'll not open up, but like we'll probably end the podcast with our non-spoiler thoughts and then spoiler thoughts at the very end, so people can just leave out if they're wanting to. Sounds good to me. So what have we got on the topic for today? Uh, we have the Super Bowl this past week. Um, I would just, I, did you have a chance to watch it? You know, I haven't had cable in like 10 years. <laughs> so I'm not the biggest football fan. Um, I, I like hockey and basketball, if anything, but I don't really keep up with sports too much uh, anymore. When I was younger, I did. But yeah, I heard it was a good game, close game. Um, but more importantly, on my side, some some cool trailers dropped, which I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, so that is what we have up first. So yeah, like what you said, um, so I did watch the game. I'm lucky in that my dad still has access to cable, and I know his login information mm -hmm. for like the DirecTV app. So I have like, like Fox and NBC and all of those things at my apartment, right? So like it's I'm kind of like mooching that free cable, but he has like my Netflix and Hulu and all that type of stuff. Well, Netflix not for much longer, but you, you get what I mean. Oh yeah. Um. So I was able to watch the game. Very close. Very very good game overall. There were only really like two or three calls that I felt were questionable, but they weren't to the point where it was like very clear that someone had been bribed. Mm -hmm. um, and then while the game itself ended in like a very lackluster way, like it was strategic, like the the Chiefs knew what they were doing. They saw the 
perfect way to like guarantee the victory and there's nothing but respect from like securing the win you know you gotta secure the kill if you're gonna go for it and that's something that a lot of teams make the mistake of but the chiefs did not they won and it was overall a very close game i had no horse in the race so i just wanted it to be good and it was um but yeah the trailers that we got from the super bowl so we had i would say three major trailers that have either released during the Super Bowl or since, and then another that was just released recently as well. We've got The Flash, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, and surprisingly enough, the Tetris movie yeah. starring Karen Edgerton. I want to start there because that one that one just blew my mind yesterday when that trailer dropped. Uh, you know, I, I heard they were doing a, a biopic or biopic on Tetris, and I'm like, that sounds silly, but okay. And I'm not going to lie, that's one of the greatest trailers I've probably seen in my entire life. Yeah, it definitely has my interest. You know, Cold War era type of of uh, fighting between the U.S. and the Soviets. And, you know, that is where Tetris originated. So, um, yeah, just everything about this movie, it looks, it looks it, if nothing else, like a good time for sure. Um, we'll see how that goes just because with it being an Apple original film, there's a little bit of like tintedness. I feel like that a lot of people will have going into that type of film. Uh, but I'm always a big fan of any sort of period piece, like historical dramas or, uh, biopics, things like that. I love that stuff. Like I eat that every day. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Taron Edgerton, fantastic actor. Cannot wait to see him in this role so i'm yeah i'm nothing but thumbs up for wanting to see this movie um sure. i think we could probably keep that same ball rolling and just roll right into john wick chapter four mm -hmm. which is i believe scheduled to come out somewhere late march march 24th fourth yeah march 24th so we got the trailer for it and uh yeah i mean I stand by John Wick is probably the single best action series of movies that we have gotten in the past 20 years, without a doubt, hands yeah. down in my mind. It's, it's, um, if, if uh, Keanu Reeves hadn't been Neo, his definitive role would have been John Wick. Easily. And I would, I would honestly say that John Wick is probably the better definitive role for him. It's definitely the better franchise. I mean, Matrix one aside, Matrix had very bad quality and it kept getting worse as more came out. But the Matrix one is one of my favorite movies of all time. But John Wick consistently delivers. And this trailer was exciting. It was violent. There's one point in the trailer where he, he already killed a guy and he shoots him like four more times in the head just for good measure. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you're, you're going there with this one. It should be a again good securing the kill very important mm -hmm. but uh yeah john wick you know it's it's not the type of franchise that you go into needing a super well-written intelligent plot the plot is there to service the fact that keanu reeves is a literal badass who has gone through so much training both <laughs> gun wise gun wise martial arts all of this thing and it shows because um, it the the franchise doesn't use what is commonly referred to as shaky cam, uh, which is used to hide uh, fight choreos not being very good or to hide a stunt double doing what you think the main character is doing. You know, 
And this is not like that. It is just a singular camera. It is widescreen. You see all of the action because Keanu Reeves does everything or almost everything. He does like 90 something percent of his own stunts and action work. He is the most proficient uh, firearms user in Hollywood. Uh, like he, he commits to this role and it really shows on screen being able to watch those action sequences. So very excited for chapter four. We'll see if this is the finale. It kind of feels like they're building this to be the finale of the franchise. Totally fine with it if they do. Let's end it on a high note. If not, like, just keep giving me Keanu Reeves killing people. It's I think, just I always think, fun to watch. I want to say I heard them say that the, there was a planned fifth one, and that was the end. But that things could have changed. Um, I could be wrong on that. I remember after three was in, like, came out, they announced four and five, but that's been a couple of years. So maybe things have shifted. Um, I, I'm fine if the series continues with the quality that's going at. I mean, like you said, the the plot is there to service the action. So the action's fantastic. It should be the one as long. So good. The action is so good, you guys. John Wick, it is it it, it they, they get you on board with the franchise too very, very yeah. early on in the first movie. They do a thing that you can only do once in your lifetime of making movies, and they use their card here. And at that point, anyone who is watching the movie is immediately on John Wick's side. And they are, like, shouting at the screen, John Wick, you need to murder every single person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you need to make it hurt. And we, we're down for it. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we got our trailer for it. We, yeah. we got, like, a little, like, a teaser of it in the and Super Bowl. And it led you to the, like, full trailer online. Which was the, it's, I was shocked by this trailer because, you know, Guardians has always been that, you know, happy-go-lucky, especially in the trailers for the promotional material. They're all about the jokes and, like, the quips and stuff. And this trailer was a was a downer. I mean, it's setting up these things that any of these characters that we've grown to love over the last, you know, 10 years, any of them could die. You know, and uh, I really think it's, it's going to be the, the darkest movie in the, in the series um, but it also had those lighthearted, funny moments. Um, I was shocked at how much Gamora that we saw in the trailer. Yeah, it seems like there's definitely some time skipping or, or rather not time skipping, but the things that we thought were going to be very important plot points to this movie after watching Endgame, it seems like they've just fast forwarded, you know, mm -hmm. they've already found Gamora and they're dealing with that rather than it being like a hunt or a chase for her. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like I'm down, you know, I've enjoyed pretty well everything that James Gunn has worked on so far. Um, so I see no reason to start doubting him now. Um, this is also his swan song from the MCU yeah. because he is now the, uh, co-CEO of DC films. So, I think this is also going to be very important tonally, even though the MCU is a very different property and a different franchise, um, just from a filmmaking perspective to see how he wraps up a series that he essentially birthed with yeah. Guardians 1 and has seen all the way through. Um, I think it's going to be very important to give fans an idea of 
um, at least the level of quality or craftsmanship that he will put into a franchise from start to finish. I think that's going to be very telling for the DCU in the years to come. Yeah, I'm excited for it. That's uh, coming out in a couple months, so we don't have to wait too long. Um, but yeah, I will still... Around the corner. Yeah, um, but speaking of James Gunn and the DCU, my favorite trailer one. of the week, really, mainly just because of one simple reason, and I'll get into that, but was the Flash trailer. Um, you know, I, I love DC Comics. I think DC has better characters than Marvel. I've always thought that, um, and they just have never gotten there in the movie standpoint. So hopefully James Gunn can write the ship, and this movie seems to be that reset point. James Gunn's even said that. And uh, I, I I don't know what they'll do with Ezra Miller, if, if, they, if they'll stay around moving forward, or if this is that ending and maybe it ends with a, a different face on Barry's body with the Flashpoint storyline. But this trailer hit all the right notes. I think the trailer probably couldn't have been any better for this movie. Um, you know, there was the big, you know, I am Batman, Michael Keaton reveal you know which we all knew was in the movie but he's in a lot more of the movie it seems than i expected uh what did you think of the trailer yeah so um yeah my background um just as you were kind of going into it um i grew up a dc fan you know that was that was really the franchise that i was super entrenched with i only got into marvel like in the couple of years leading up to Iron Man's initial release back in 2008. Um, just because, I, yeah, I, I feel like the DC characters, they are, um, I feel like, just more fleshed out. They have, like, just some of the most iconic storylines mm -hmm. in comic bookdom. And I always just thought of a lot of the Marvel characters, again, at that point, mid-2000s, um, a lot of the Marvel characters were just kind of like C-listers in my mind yeah. in comparison to the both the characters and the stories that we got with the, you know, the Justice League or the, you know, Justice Society even. Just like all of these characters, I um, was very much, you know, in that camp before Iron Man. And then Iron Man came out and it's like, okay, Marvel, we're going to have to pay attention to this. Yep. And then Green Lantern came out. And man, what a kick in the teeth that was. And, you know, it's there. There are some movies that I've enjoyed in the DCU of mm -hmm. Man of Steel overall, while it had a lot of issues, I enjoyed Henry Cavill in the role. Mm. Yeah. Um, the Suicide Squad, the second one is yeah. one that I absolutely adored, loved Peacemaker, which funnily enough, those are both James Gunn. So hopefully that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of them have just been like, honestly, just like very mid to just straight up bad. Yep. And going into this trailer for the flash, knowing the controversies that are surrounding Ezra Miller, um, knowing <laughs> that very, very soon, probably none of these characters are going to matter because they are retconning the entire thing. I had just concrete basement level expectations and even if they were higher, it, they would have blown me out of the water because this actually looks like it might be a really fun time. Yeah. And honestly, it, like, again, until James Gunn starts coming out with more of these projects that he's announced, I am at the point where I don't even want the movie to be good. I want <laughs> it to just be 
entertaining. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not begging for it to be good. That's how low the bar is for the DCU is for me right now, is that I've given up on them putting out, like, legitimately good, you know, Oscar-worthy nominations. I just want it to be entertaining. <laughs> and this looks like it's going to be both entertaining and maybe, knock on wood, fingers crossed, might be good. Um... And, you know, some of the reports that I've seen, you know, the DC executives are uh, interested in moving forward with Ezra Miller as The Flash. It seems like they are getting um, the help that they need with, like, rehabilitation, things like that. Um, you know, if they keep their nose clean and they can, like, earn and garner the goodwill and trust of um, moviegoers again, then okay. But if not, well, you know, they're pretty much recasting everyone so that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world yeah um one yeah. thing that's actually really interesting to me just sort of a little fun fact um it was announced that ezra miller was going to play the flash in the dceu at that time uh, about a month before grant gustin started portraying the flash on the cw tv show mm -hmm. and now this year the TV show is in its ninth and final season, and we are just <laughs> Ezra Miller's standalone Flash movie. It's been almost a decade, and I feel like that is just kind of a testament to the turbulent waters that they have had to try to navigate. And I just thought that was just a very interesting little thing. You know, Grant Gustin has literally been the Barry Allen character for almost a decade now. And Ezra Miller has been the flash. What? Two ish movies. Yeah. I mean, he cameoed in the uh, first suicide squad, uh, Batman, the Superman, he had that very small cameo, but really it was just justice league. Then the Snyder cut, which they did some reshoots for. Yeah. Which again, yeah, not even a full movie. That was basically just reshoots of the one movie he was already in. So, and to yeah. be fair, like I didn't hate the portrayal of, uh, of Ezra as Barry. I, I don't think it's the character I would go for. I, I think Barry Allen as a character is one of the coolest, deepest, you know, DC heroes there are. Like Hal Jordan and Barry Allen, like that's two characters you have to nail. You know, and DC tried getting, you know, Hal Jordan right with, with uh, Ryan Reynolds, and he did a great Perfect job. Casting. Yeah, the casting couldn't have been better for that, but the movie was utter trash. And that yeah, wasn't... They dropped, they, they dropped the ball harder than I've ever seen it fumbled before. Yeah, and what's crazy is, you know, I, I saw a Facebook memory post uh, back a while ago, and it was talking about Green Lantern's trailer, and I was excited for it. And then I saw this thing uh, in the comments and it was like yeah i can't wait for the flash movie though you know so that was before green lantern they'd already announced a flash movie before ezra was cast before the show was announced the flash movie has been in the works for over 15 years and it's finally coming and the fact that they're doing a flashpoint movie as the first flash is a very weird in general um but it's where they're at it's where they need to be to move forward because I, my hope for this movie is the end of the movie. Somehow Barry returns to the normal timeline and he has a different face. He looks in the mirror. And he's like, oh, I look different now. And that's it. And then we can move forward. 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's going to be the case with all of the other characters, you know, Batfleck, uh, Henry Cavill. It seems like pretty much all of these characters are going to be different people um, even after they've, like, righted Flashpoint. Um, so I wouldn't be necessarily shocked if they go that way. Uh, my money right now, sight unseen, would be that they're probably going to hedge their bets towards trying to keep Ezra Miller in the role. Yeah. Um yeah, not exactly the direction I would have gone with the character. You know, he's very uh, quippy and, like, kind of awkward. Mm. Um, and I feel like that is... Like, he reminds me a lot of Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Mm. Um, where it, they, I feel like they're just trying to lean into it just a little bit too hard. Yeah. But, you know, like, this is what we've got. This is what we're going to go see. Um, so we just have to trust that they are going to use Flashpoint to the best that they can to try to reset everything. Because I agree that Flashpoint is a very weird uh, storyline to follow for our first live-action Flash movie. Yeah. But in the context of every DC movie that we've had so far, all of these projects, and them trying to essentially, you know, slash and burn everything and start from zero... Um, it make this makes perfect sense in that context to try to reboot the entire universe mm. so that going forward it can be this very simple it is the DCU and then every now and again we'll have these elseworld properties like Joker or um Matt Reeves Batman but everything else is going to be in the DCU so hopefully it's good yeah, for sure. I want to continue on. We we do have some MCU news. Just kind of a few tidbits here and there. Um, obviously, with Quantum Mania coming out this week, Kevin Feige was making the rounds with some interviews. He had an article with uh, Entertainment Weekly, uh, and had a few just kind of one-off tidbits kind of thrown out there. Um, I'll just read off a couple of things that I thought were interesting. But uh, he did reaffirm that Deadpool three is going to be rated R. Probably the twelfth time we've gotten official confirmation mm -hmm. from someone that is like very important with the movie and i like it's just beating a dead horse at this point it's gonna be rated r mm -hmm. i would be shocked if ryan reynolds let it not be rated r and him be attached to it it's gonna be rated r folks so just yeah. just relax yeah it's good to just kind of have him say it at the at the launch of this movie just because it sure. is getting closer um you know because we've already got the official announcement with hugh you know kevin talked about how excited he was to have hugh back in the role um, he did confirm that they already have the story planned out for the next uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, which I was a bit nervous there for a minute. You know, with Tom Holland after No Way Home, seemed like he kind of wanted to step away from the role, at least for a while, you know, and uh, it seemed like the, the acting was a bit, it was kind of getting on him a little bit. It was weighing him down. You know, he was playing some very intense roles like Peter Parker or Nathan Drake from Uncharted, very physical roles, and I'm sure he was getting tired and, and burnt out a little bit, but I think Tom is a great Spider-Man. I don't think he's the best, but I think he's great. Um, and I want to see where the story goes forward, especially now with them kind of resetting things to make a more traditional Spider-Man. And also, if Tom wants out, I'm I'm ready to see Miles Morales in live action on the big screen more than anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's it, I feel like it's more of just, yeah, the burnout from the physicality. You know, this is coming from someone who has never met or spoken with Tom Holland. Um, so, you know, my armchair quarterbacking here, it, it seems to me that 
you know, yeah, he was just getting a little bit fatigued with all of the, like, super action-heavy roles that require him to be that, like, very unhealthy masculine form. Um, even though he's, you know, he generally plays, like, very, um, like, fit, slender characters. Yeah. Um, you know, with his portrayal of Nathan Drake, and obviously Spider-Man is a very acrobatic type of character. Um mm -hmm. But then, you know, anytime you see him do any sort of, like, interviews or, like, press information about Spider-Man, anytime he's meeting with fans, um, you know, it, it just lights up the room. So y you figure that's got to be at least a portion. I imagine the money also, but I would imagine just everything surrounding, you know, being Spider-Man probably keeps him in there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he he fought pretty hard in order to make No Way Home happen between Disney and Sony. Yeah. Um, so the, the role obviously means a lot to him. So I'm very excited to see where they continue to go with him just because, you know, the last I had heard, they were initially planning for another, you know, a second live action Spider-Man trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know... You figure, you hope that we get Tom Holland through most of that. But yeah, I'm definitely with you in that. Um, I think we are ready to see a live action Miles Morales. Um, you know, we've gotten into the Spider-Verse. We've got the new Into the Spider-Verse movie coming out later this year. Yeah, we've gotten Miles Morales in the Insomniac Spider-Man game. Yep. Uh, you know, it it's time. We, we, it, it we, uh, I... Uh, I, I hesitate to say that America is ready for a black Spider-Man, but uh, you know what? If they're ready for a black Captain America, uh, which they're probably not, but we're getting, mm -hmm. then I, I think that it is time that we get Miles Morales because he's got such cool powers and like yeah. just a very different, unique approach to being Spider-Man than Peter Parker. And I'm ready to see some of those differences. Yeah. Like how many times do we have to see the same character portrayed by different actors uh whenever there's literally another version of that character just ripe for the picking that we haven't seen live action not everyone's a geek or a nerd like us you know not everyone has played the game or has watched into the spider-verse there's plenty of people and probably plenty of people significant others that have only seen the mcu you know so or, or toby mcguire yeah yeah, yeah, or Tobey Maguire, or maybe Andrew Garfield, but like, yeah, it is it is time. Everyone knows who Uncle Ben is. Everyone knows Peter Parker's overarching story. A lot of those very important plot points. It's time to get some fresh blood in it, and I would love to see Miles Morales maybe introduced as just a normie in yep. this next movie. Yep. Um, and then maybe we see that role expand, and then maybe we end that trilogy off with him. As, yeah, I would love that. As the new Spider-Man. That would be sick. That would be great for me. Yeah. We also got news that Blade's going to be filming soon, or at least yeah. start filming. So yeah, I think Kevin Feige said in about 10 weeks it starts, which is exciting. Um, that's, that's a project I'm looking forward to. I... Actually, have never seen the uh, the Wesley Snipes Blade movies. I'm not much of a vampire fan, but Mahershala Ali is a great actor. I loved him in uh, in, baby Luke Cage. Man, like he was mm -hmm. he was awesome. Yeah, it's uh yeah. It, this movie, I feel like uh, every time I looked up anything about it, it seems like they were having difficulty, whether it was with script or like their director or you know just like whatever it may be. So. Hoping that they've got their feet under them because, yeah, it's been so long since the Wesley Stipes Blade movies. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that they can bring this into the MCU and 
ideally make it different from the the original movies but also still like hold true to the character and you know because like he is a half vampire half human that is just murdering vampires he is he is killing them dead and uh you know getting that deadpool 3 being rated r i think is uh phenomenal because uh circling back you know that means that there is a chance for some of these darker properties yeah you know, to also be able to to dip their toes in that. And Blade is absolutely a movie or franchise that should also uh, be considered for an R rating. Yeah, um, I know uh, I had heard that Blade was originally supposed to make his first appearance in Werewolf by Night, which came out end of last year on Disney+. Plus, and I finally had a chance to watch that this week. I forgot to include that earlier. Um, and that movie wasn't rated R, but it was pretty dark. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it yet, but I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was good, and uh, I'm glad they didn't bring him in there. I think it would have been a little kind of forced. So to get him in his own movie properly, hopefully rated R, you know, great actor. We'll see the rest of the cast when they announce him and see where they go, but I'm excited for it. You think we're going to see any Jon Snow in Blade? I think that's the plan. Uh, I think that, you know, Blade will maybe introduce us to, like, the Midnight Suns, possibly uh to kind of go that route to kind of go that dark mcu route that way um because you know we we now have man thing and in, in, in the the werewolf from you know the uh, werewolf by night and uh john snow what plays the black knight i believe so they're building out these these characters we have moon knight which you could we could fall in there you know maybe we'll get ghost rider this way as well mm. i would i would like to see Ghost Rider. I actually, uh, I actually really enjoyed. I fell off of it, but um, while I still followed it, Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider that they brought in, I actually Excellent. really liked his character. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would almost prefer they keep that same character and bring him back. Like if we can bring back Daredevil and Kingpin from these, like now what are considered no longer MCU properties, then we can bring back Robbie Reyes because I thought he was a really good fit. He was, and we'll be seeing him this weekend in The Last of Us. Yeah, because you know he plays Tommy, Joel's brother, and this is the uh, from the previews. This is his episode this week. Yeah, uh, he's a great actor. I thought that was one of the strongest arcs in Agents of Shield. I I really enjoyed Shield until the end. I didn't watch the final season; it just kind of fell off. But the season three, where he was in it, was probably the best season overall. Yeah, it was really good. But I think yeah. So and you know him being in The Last of Us, you know, hopefully his portrayal of Tommy can only strengthen his foothold as an actor to watch. Um, so hopefully that does something to, to like kind of boost his credibility of like, Oh yeah, we could get him back as ghost Rider. He's already been established as this character. We can bring him back. I feel like he'd be a fan favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully we see him go that way. I'd actually hadn't even thought of the midnight sun's approach to blade. I was thinking more so (laughs) it sounds funny as I'm saying it, but I was thinking more so in line of like the howling command. Oh yeah. I think midnight sun probably would be better. (laughs) So let's, let's hope that let's hope that the writers and directors and Feige are smarter than us. Um, We also got news. I I think a, I think this was leaked that he was in talks for it, but it's like officially been announced that Harrison Ford is going to take over the character of Thunderbolt Ross as well. um, Just with William Hurt's passing and the Thunderbolts movie having been officially announced. So we've got that recast. Um, 
yeah, it's fine. Harrison Ford obviously is, you know, a pretty good actor. He's been in a couple of things. Um, he's he's up there in age too, though. He's I'm pretty sure around eighty years. Oh yeah, old. yeah. So it's there's always a little bit of a fear with casting, you know, older people. Obviously, I hope nothing happens to you know any actor that is in any sort of production, but. It is something that is at the back of my mind going into things like that. Yep. Um, uh, and then we've uh, also got recently the news that the Marvels has been delayed from July 28th to November 10th. So it looks like they're giving a little bit of breathing room from Ant-Man to that for MCU theater properties. Um, and then we are, we haven't gotten an update, I don't think, on Secret Invasion or Loki that are supposed to be coming out, you know, early to mid this year. So, we, you know, you hope we see some of that. And then I th I think we also had some rumored, potentially Fantastic Four news coming soon. Do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, so, I mean, Kevin Feige kind of just broke it down to say, hey, you know, we, ha we have everything planned out with where we want things to go. Like, we have an idea when X-Men are coming in. Um, Fantastic Four are going to be a a playing a big part, and we know uh, that's going to be big for us. Uh, we should get news soon he said so i mean i that movie is slated to come out pretty soon it's only like a year and a half away and they haven't announced casting for it yet so i think that will probably get delayed a little bit um i think all the properties are going to get delayed a little bit um one of the things that happened this week also with uh bob Iger taking back over for disney he was quoted you know talking about marvel and star wars he said it's hard to be in the zeitgeist when you're constantly in the zeitgeist basically more or less so he wants to kind of give things the space to breathe between shows and movies. So like if we're constantly going back and forth between movies and shows and Marvel, when can we get excited? Because there's no in between time. So I think that's why we see the Marvels get delayed. Um, it, it's been reported now that the other shows besides Secret Invasion, the Loki are being pushed to next year uh, because they want to have some breathing room. So Secret Invasion slated for the spring and Loki is the summer and supposedly that's it. Um, I know What If is also scheduled for this year and so is X-Men 97. So I could see those releasing because they're cartoons and not quite that big viewership that Loki and Secret Invasion are planning to get. But that means, you know, Agatha, Harkness's show, um, Ironheart, Echo, those should probably, you know, seemingly at least be all delayed to next year. They better not push daredevil born again because of no delays. that is that yeah. is the one that i am like most excited for i think yeah but, and they're shooting that uh, still so that one's in yeah. in full development i think that's their biggest disney plus show coming after secret invasion and loki i think the other ones are kind of all like b to c tier shows especially like your agatha harkness and Ironheart. so um daredevil i think people will, will move around daredevil as opposed to moving daredevil around these other shows that would be my hope, um, just because, like, yeah, Daredevil, the Netflix show, which I think has been removed from Netflix, but is on Disney Plus. Yeah, man, what a show! Oh, yeah. just all the way through everything they did, all the way through, just wow. Uh, yeah, so you know, I'm I was delighted whenever we got Charlie Cox back in the role, and I'm just super excited. You know, I was super excited to see him in She Hulk. I thought they did a really good job with the character of like updating him, essentially. Yeah. Um, and very excited it this totally makes sense though to me that they are you know pushing certain things and they are trying to space things out to give them more room because it is 
February 2023. Iron Man came out May 2008. So we are coming up on 15 years yeah. of the MCU being a talking point in uh, film and TV. It makes sense that we, like the general audience, would get fatigued of them at some point. I would say 14 to 15 years is a pretty good run before yeah. that really starts to happen. So if they need to take a little bit of time and space things out so that it's not just a constant barrage of the characters to try to make it a little bit more impactful whenever we do have them. Maybe we can, you know, slow down on all of the projects to give these poor special effects artists a break. Yeah. Because that that has also been a, a big talking point of articles that I've seen. Like the people that are working on the special effects teams for all of the Marvel properties are just overworked, underpaid, understaffed. And, you know, I, I personally feel like that shows in some of the the properties that we have seen in yeah. the past year. Um, so, like, I would hope that they can give them the time to rest. You know, I know that they are still, you know, trying to financially recover from COVID, but, like, you, they, they have to slow down. Otherwise, yeah. if we see that drop in quality, it's going to show in ticket prices, and that's going to be something that's very hard to come back from if it continues that way. So... Hopefully, yeah. you know, even with uh, the Marvels being delayed a few months, maybe that means we get a little bit more post-production time with it to make sure yeah. that it is up there in the upper equions of what we know the MCU is capable of. Because yeah. that is, I never want, I never want anything that comes out, you know, TV, movie, game-based, I never want it to come out bad. You know, there are ones that I expect to come out mm. bad. Uh, but, you know, I hope that everything is good. So anytime I see a delay like this, uh, you know, as long as it's not because they're flailing, like the actors have quit or the director is feuding with someone such another, you know, anything that doesn't immediately red flag the movie as this property is in trouble to me is good news because it just gives them more time to make sure that they hit it because... Morbius was a movie oh. that, that I, was delayed. I like to think that movie did never happen. I just ignore that existence altogether. That's just a funny trailer that people put together. It's it's a mock. Yeah. It's a mock yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it was I had AMC A-list at the time whenever I saw that and my wife and I agreed that it was still a waste of our time well, even though we essentially saw the movie for free. It was there was no amount of Morbin he could do to save that and it was <laughs> it was just yeah. It was truly terrible. Well, uh, moving on, though, I think from movie news, we also got a teaser trailer for Ted Lasso Season 3 coming out on March 15th. Are you a uh, a Lasso fan? I am a huge Ted Lasso fan. Um, I don't know if you are, but I oh, love yeah. Ted Lasso. It's, I think, the best current show on TV, like comedy-wise, for sure. Wow. Um, okay. I, I mentioned last week I'm a huge Scrubs fan. And uh, Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, is the creator of Ted Lasso. And uh, that same DNA, he knows how to tell stories. He knows how to make funny humor and then have a huge gut punch. You know, he has that great balance. Jason Sudeikis, the entire cast of Ted Lasso is phenomenal. But Jason Sudeikis specifically, that's the character he was born to play. I I've always enjoyed his comedy, but Ted Lasso is a special show. I think the first season is one of the best seasons of TV ever made. Season two, I still really enjoy, but I love Ted Lasso. How do you feel about it? 
Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, my wife and I are are very big fans of it. We've in we just eat them up. Um, mm. It is definitely on the upper end of uh, TV shows as far as like what we look forward to, what we just like can't wait to sit down and watch whenever there's a new episode. Um, it is. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird and, and a little bit jarring sometimes, though. Like you've got uh, Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent, um, oh. who is also playing the son of Zeus in the MCU now. Yeah, yeah Hercules um, and, going. Yeah. And uh, so hopefully we see more of him because and uh, I believe Brett Goldstein also won an Emmy last year for Roy Kent as well, which is just fantastic because, uh, yeah, there there are not enough accolades to give that show. Um, it is hilarious and wonderful and just such a good time. My favorite part of uh, Thor Love and Thunder was, you know, Brett Goldstein popping up and like, so we saw that movie with our two friends and one of my friends, uh, Scott, who, you know, turned me on to Ted Lasso. He, he's, that's his favorite show ever, you know? So we're in the theater, we're, we're watching it and the post credit scene drops and it's Roy Kent and I just started screaming, he's here, he's there. He's there. It was just... It was great, and like uh, that's just how how special Ted Lasso is because mm-hmm. Brett Goldstein is a writer. He's not an actor first, you know. He can yeah. act. He's great at acting. He's very funny, but he he's a writer and producer first. And mm-hmm. Roy Kent is a great character. I think he's up there with like your Ron Swansons of the world. Like, there's a certain people. Oh, he's they just make characters themselves and. He's he's great, and I can't wait for season three. The trailer, I love that they didn't show us anything from the actual season because I don't want to know spoilers. Mm-hmm. It was just a tone piece, and it was beautiful. I, I, I loved it, it, yeah. Everyone having their own take on their Believe poster, I loved that. That yeah. was, and, and you know, every single one when they showed it or like how they made it, it just fits each of those characters to a T. Yep. And yeah, it, it's just a heartwarming, you know, feel-good type of show that you know and they can go a little bit darker with some of these storylines you know with where season two left off mm-hmm. but no matter what i know going into it that it is it is going to be fun and i'm going to enjoy yeah uh whenever season three is and i think ted lasso you know every time the season comes out it's always you know the talk of the town on mm-hmm. twitter and social media and all of these different things so i'm glad that there is a lot of positive buzz around that show um, and you know, that is in part, uh, a part of my master plan. I've been sowing the seeds with my wife over the past, like four years now, slowly introducing her to different, uh, properties and different actors in order to get her into soccer, because I've always wanted to try to get into soccer, Yeah, but it's as an American, it's not really like the big thing, but like, it's like, all right. So we've got Ted Lasso. This is like a heartwarming thing. And then I recently got her to start watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a show that she had never watched before. And I had watched like eight seasons of it or whatever religiously before I like just fell off. Um, So we've been going through the older seasons. And uh, Rob uh, McGallany is a owner now of a soccer club with Ryan Reynolds in Wales uh, and we're currently watching the documentary series, Welcome to Wrexham, which is them journeying and purchasing the team and everything that's going into that. Mm-hmm. And then we've, I've even hit her from the weeb side of it too. We've got, uh, you know, we've got Blue Lock, the soccer anime. So I'm, yeah. I've just, I've planted all of these seeds and I think we're finally at the point where I can start reaping. And 
then we're going to have to figure out what team we follow and it'll be great. And we'll make up fan of her of the sports ball yet. Hey, you know, uh, hopefully she hasn't listened to this episode of the podcast then. You know, you gotta come oh, she it. does not listen to this. <laughs> hey, you know, my, are, my wife actually listened. I, I had to listen to us make me and you, t- uh, I, she wanted to listen to the podcast while we were running errands last weekend. So mm-hmm. I listened to our entire two hour podcast after editing the podcast. So, you know, it, it was, it was an experience, let me tell you, but she, you know, she, she wanted to listen to it and she seemed to enjoy it. So it may be good. I'm glad she's supporting us. That's, yeah. that's pretty nifty. Yeah. Maybe, maybe your wife will hop on the, uh, the, uh, the hero train here with us, you know, hopefully, uh, yeah. we'll see how desperate she gets. I mean, yeah. she married me, so obviously she can get there. Well, I know we're, we're coming up on the hour. I, I would like to cover just top level, at least for the video game news this week. There wasn't a whole lot, uh, mainly just some releases and some, some reviews that I kind of wanted to go over. Uh, PSVR 2 was the big one. I'm not a VR guy. I don't plan on buying this, um, but I am interested in VR. It, I think it's fun. Uh, do you have any VR headsets or would you maybe want to buy this one? Yeah, so I've got the MetaQuest 2. Uh, we actually got it as a wedding gift from my uh, wife's parents, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. It is a good time. We play a lot of Beat Saber and Pistol Whip and Mini Golf. Those are like probably the big three that we, we play. Um, it is very fun. Um, the PSVR is something that does not interest me uh, because it has to be tethered to the console. Yeah. And the fact that the PSVR 2, again, like everything that I've seen, it looks like the tech is there. Yeah. But the fact that it costs more than a PlayStation 5, I think is a huge barrier to entry. And it kind of just strikes me as PlayStation is already so invested into it that they're just going to have to try to make some of their money back and then probably like cut their losses and like stop. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, I don't see myself ever getting into the PlayStation VR just because of that tether, you know, having the wire, it's, it's really a deal breaker for me in the sense of VR. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy the quest. The The quest two is, I think of it as good enough for VR in terms of like the tech, you know, it is good enough to have fun. And yeah. until we get, you know, sword art online levels of VR, then I think that's probably going to be what most people are going to sell. Yeah, I, I personally plan on holding off on VR until it becomes a norm, if it ever does. it's uh, It hasn't taken off the way these developers thought it was going to. I'm surprised that we got a PSVR 2. Um, <laughs> PSVR 1 think- sold better than they thought it was going to. I don't think this is going to sell well. Like you said, it's super expensive. The tech is there, but there's not a lot of games for it, and the ones that did release are like older games besides like, a hand-picked few um, and I just don't see it going anywhere really this time. I think this is going to be their last attempt at VR, unfortunately. Yeah, this is probably going to go the way of the Vita is that it's going to come out and there's not going to be a whole lot of support for it. And then it'll just kind of slowly die. And then they will yep. never speak of it again, right. which is sad. But I, I yeah. personally, I personally think unless we get like a breakthrough in VR technology, I think it's always going to be pretty, you know, it's going to be there for the diehard fans and for people that you know just kind of wander into it that are like me where it's like oh this is actually pretty fun i enjoy this but you know i I don't think it's ever gonna really push past that unless we have just 
nuclear fusion level breakthrough in the tech. Yeah, for uh, sure. But now speaking of other things that came out this week that I know appeal to you for sure, uh, we had two games come out, or at least review-wise came out, um, Octopath Traveler 2 and Wild Hearts. Uh, Wild Hearts being a essentially Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a Monster Hunter clone. Yeah, and I know you're a big Monster Hunter fan, hundreds and hundreds of hours in Monster Hunter, and both of us enjoyed Octopath. We talked a little bit about it last week, but I mean, Octopath sitting at a Metacritic of 87, Open Critic of 86, uh, so pretty much right there with the, with the previous title. Um, Wild Hearts at a Metacritic of an 80 and Open Critic of a 79. So a little bit lower, but still respectable, especially for a clone. Um, do you plan on picking up Wild Hearts or checking it out? I plan on checking it out. Yeah, it's, um, you know, yeah, as you alluded to, I am a huge Monster Hunter fan. I didn't get as into Rise, I mm -hmm. think, just because of the technical limitations of the Switch. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's available on other consoles and PC and everything like that now. So I might, you know, try to get back into it. Um, Monster Hunter World, I dumped somewhere around, and this is not even total gameplay time, but I dumped somewhere around 750 hours wow. into it within two months of the game coming out. You're a crazy person. To give you an idea of how much I love <laughs> Monster Hunter. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the franchise and of the... Uh, the gameplay loop that is Monster Hunter. So I'm seeing these scores, especially with it being, it seems like this, their kind of first foray into the Monster Hunter clone world. Um, I'm definitely excited for it. We'll see if they come out with like DLC, whether it be free or paid um, or any sort of events, the way that Capcom does with Monster Hunter um, to give it the legs to keep people coming back and hunting. Yeah. Um, but I am very excited to try it. Some of the weapons look very fun. It looks very appealing. And then, yeah, Octopath Traveler 2. Loved the first game. Cannot wait to get my teeth into the second one. I was listening to uh, some of the soundtracks that have been posted now on YouTube, and they have no right to slap as hard as they do. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, truly the merchant theme alone just bangs just very hard, and it it, it was uh, it was very nice to listen to uh, during my day job. So that was a good time. I, I did. I was able to uh, boot up those demos I spoke about last week. You know, Octopath demo and Sea of Stars, and what you did. Sea of Stars is going to be a mu a must play for me. Um, I didn't even finish the demo because I liked it that much. To where I'm like, okay, I'm sold. Um, and then Octopath is is more Octopath. Um, I think uh, if you like the first one, you're going to like the second one. Uh, I, I definitely want to check it out eventually, but I just don't have the time right now. Um, I, I did end up playing a lot of Metroid Prime this week on the Switch. Uh, it was, it's been a good time. I, I love that game to death, and this remastered only reiterates that high ranking on my all-time list. No. Okay. okay. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's... For me, Octopath, like it can, if the second one reviews basically the same as the first one, that's all I need. I yeah. just want a new set of characters, a new set of eight stories. That's all I need from them because the first one was just so delightfully refreshing. And it was, I, I'm pretty sure the first of like the HD 2D yeah. games. Yeah. Um, I, I just want more. Just give me more of the exact same game with different characters. That is all I need. Anything that they do to improve on the formula is great, 
but otherwise just give me more Octopath. That's all I need. Yep. Um, good to hear about Sea of Stars. I'll have to put that onto my radar. Uh, when is that coming out? August, it looks like. Yeah, there's no concrete date, I don't believe. It's an indie game, so it could get pushed. So, but I mean, it's it's definitely one to watch. The art style is beautiful. It's that turn-based, slightly action turn-based, like Paper Mario uh, kind of mm. gameplay there, Chrono Trigger inspired. Um, okay. So it, it's it's very pretty. I'm very excited for it. Uh, last bit of video game news before we wrap up here um, today. Actually, Nintendo dropped um, some information on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and. That's right. Unlike their normal patch notes, um, they detailed the upcoming patch um, for the games, and they gave like 26 different things it was going to be changing in the game, which is unheard of for Pokemon Company or Nintendo. But really, the only thing I really wanted to talk about, just because, you know, me and you are both big fans of the game, but, I mean, they did talk about bug fixes, mainly with crashes. They said that they're going to be lowering NPCs and, and, and Pokemon on the screen a little bit to kind of help their resources in the background to hopefully prevent some crashes, which is good. Um, the big thing that I thought overall, because like the, the raid system, the terror raids, they seem to like bug out a lot when you're in them. And they did confirm that there is a health bar glitch in there so that they're going to be ironing out. So they should be performing better. Um, and just overall quality of life stuff, like with the boxes and stuff, they kind of regressed from sword and shield a bit in this game. So they're kind of bringing that stuff back. So Overall, good things. I, I'm excited to see how it actually plays out. Um, and then I don't have it on the notes here, but I, I was looking up some theory crafting uh, with Pokemon Day coming up. I know we talked a little bit about it, so I won't say too much. But uh, give, us, the, give us what you got. The eShop is closing right as Pokemon Day is happening. That hurts. So that hurts. with the virtual console games going away, and Game Boy and Game Boy Advance being on NSO now, is is are we going to get that announcement on Pokemon Day about Game Boy titles in Game Boy? Advance? You gotta you gotta figure that that is something that they are either working on or have worked on because with all of those announcements that we got at the direct like a week or two ago. The fact that they were very specifically devoid of all Pokemon games except uh, the TCG game. Yeah. Um, you've got to figure they were holding that back for Pokemon Day specifically. Yep. I would be pretty surprised if we don't see those games move forward on on NSO. And yeah. uh, they better just in terms of preserving those games. Yeah, and I don't think they'll be like available day one. I think they'll make the announcement and say they'll come eventually, which is their typical rollout for these things. So just knowing that it's on the horizon, I think will be enough to ease people's minds with that. Easily, easily. Like just as long as we have a general date or just confirmation that it is happening, um, I think that's the most important thing. We right now are just living in a time where we're bombarded with new things to yeah. watch or play um so you know this is even though i'm a diehard pokemon fan this is still going on to the the backlog pile you know yeah. i've played through those games so many times yep. uh so it's not something that i'm like chomping at the bit to play but it is to me very important for those games to be playable somewhere yeah. um because it is just I mean, you know, that's where one of the biggest franchises in the entire world came from, were these, like, original games. And 
there's a lot of nostalgia and love for those games. You know, not just for myself. There are plenty of us out there that still think back to the original GBA and, and or rather GB and GBA games uh, very fondly. So oh, wow. um, I imagine we'll see those. I imagine we'll get our first look at DLCs for Scarlet and Violet. Um, the bug fixes and crashes and the terror raid health bar um, you know, good. Obviously, we want them to fix that. It definitely strikes me as this is how the game probably should have launched with yep. all of these fixes, but yep. they just didn't have enough time. Um, yeah, hopefully I can use Belly Drum Azuril and it'll actually work in terror raids and it was a blue well. Yeah, so you know, that'd be great. If I could just start using Belly Drum on all of these mons that I have, that would be awesome and it would be really helpful for seven star raids. So um, yeah, these are all good changes. Hopefully things will go well. Yeah. Uh, I know we talked a little bit at the start of the show about, you know, what we're going to be playing and watching this coming week. Obviously you have Ant-Man tonight, uh, Last of Us this weekend. Is there anything in the next week that you have planned besides that? Yeah. So I've actually also got uh cocaine bear. Oh yeah. It's coming out next week, uh, which is based off of, a. Uh, 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 based off of a true story, yeah. I I can't imagine that's going to follow too terribly closely based yeah. off of the trailer. But if it is, that is both fantastic and horrifying. Um, <laughs> but for those of you who don't know, it is the story of a bear that eats a lot of cocaine and goes on a murder spree. And that is a thing that happened and they made it into a movie and I'm very excited to see it because it looks ridiculous. It is rated R, so go into it with that in mind. Mm -hmm. But it looks like it's going to be a very fun, you know, just dopey, technically slasher flick type of thing. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Very excited. Very happy that this is happening. Yeah. Uh, Directed I, by Elizabeth Banks also. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I is this the only thing that she's directed aside from Pitch Perfect? As far as I know, yes. Maybe some TV here and there, but I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, I'm excited to see that as well. I like Elizabeth Banks. I think she's got a really good sense of humor. So hopefully that like lands in this movie because even just from the trailer, it's very obviously like a horror comedy. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that lands. I would imagine it does um, just with her as an actor. Um, you know, she is someone that has always struck me as very funny. And I think she has like a very, uh, like good sense of timing and delivery with jokes. So hopefully that carries over, but even if it doesn't, you know, I just want to be entertained and I think no matter what this movie is going to do it. Yeah, for sure. That's the, I think that's really the big thing that is on for like the, what I'm going to be watching. Other than that, I'm going to be grinding a lot of grandmasters for materials and, hopefully some good Wendigo drops in Destiny 2 because the expansion, the new Lightfall expansion comes out on the 28th and I have taken off from work and I will be mainlining that game for about a week. Yeah, I uh, I know we always try and play the campaigns together. I don't know how that's going to work this year with my, uh, with my new job. So I think this might be our first time in a few years where we don't play together, which is a little sad, but... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see uh, if we can work something out. I don't think so because I know you're gonna be a diehard at right at the uh, the servers go live moment. So we'll we'll, we'll maybe hey, I mean, something. you know I've got I've got other characters too that are gonna have to play through this campaign. Yeah, so so this is true. 
So, I mean, but thinking about last year when we played, you know, the, the witch queen and like mm. the, the Riven moment, for example, like that was, that was, oh, that was awesome. But yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. We, we, we ate, uh, we got our teeth kicked in with that, with the, they broke our ankles. Yeah. But, uh, before we wrap things up, I just kind of want to say thank you to everybody who, uh, to listen in this last week. Um, I know I shared it with a few of my friends and old coworkers. Uh, I'm not sure who you all shared it with, but. The numbers came back and it was a lot more than I expected to see, which was really, really nice to see. Um, also a huge shout out to Kevin. Um, he has been working on a logo for us this week. Uh, album art and new logo should be up this weekend with this episode um, from what he was saying. So huge shout out there. Um, everyone who listened, um, I know we mentioned shouting out review names, people who left reviews, but Spotify doesn't give you names if you leave a review, just the stars. Um Apple does. Apple, Apple does. Um, I, I know a friend of mine tried leaving a, a review and said it wasn't working properly. So maybe because it, because it's a new show. So um, we do appreciate the listens, the the feedback uh, that we've gotten. You know, is good. Um, this is new for us. So any feedback, positive or negative, that you guys might have for us, let us know. We're we're definitely open to hearing things. Um, this is a lot of fun, and I, I'm I'm having a good time. I can't wait to keep doing it. For sure. Yeah. We're always going to try to improve. You know, we, we have plans to um, have some intro and outro music. You know, we are always working on trying to make sure that the audio quality is improving and uh, getting better. We are, uh, you know, depending on how things go, we may include video formats for things like YouTube. You know, we're, we're thinking of a lot of different things and working on a lot of different things. Um, so let us know anything that you want us to consider um, or things that you would like from us. And we will do our very best to make that happen because we want to uh, make this as good as it can be. You know, this is just a passion project for us. Um, but I am a firm believer that you should try to do everything to the best of your ability. So I want it to be something that, uh, you know, we can be proud of. And so far, I am proud of it. We'll see how we feel a year from now. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we've gotten better by then. But, you know, as of right now, I'm just glad that we're doing this. So I hope that you guys are happy and following us along on the ride uh, to many more episodes to come. And I think with yeah. that. Yeah. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. Um, I've, I tried going on there a little bit this week and, you know, posting on Twitter. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of try and share those responsibilities to kind of just kind of help this grow uh, whenever way we can. But yeah. Yeah. So that has been Endgame Heroes. So uh, everyone, be sure to stay tuned. Uh, same time, same place. Do we want to do like a Batman pun? Like a, a like a uh, same bat time, same bat place. And then like have the comic book movie. Pow. <laughs> <laughs>